To say that there's been a lot going on in the world is a dramatic understatement. And today, we're going to do our best to talk about a little about it. Okay, so maybe not directly, but something that Elaine and I have noticed is the dissonance between people lately. It serves us so much better when we're able to see the heart behind a message rather than taking a message at face value. I think whenever we can overcome looking at just someone's message and see the God in them and their intent and their true desires, that's whenever we can come together in unity. Sometimes sitting on the fence doesn't mean indecisive. It's just a better way to see both sides of the story. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert. A safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about the consequences. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, you're listening to The Reckless Pursuit. My name is Cody. And my name is Elaine. And this is episode 120. And who has it been a crazy last month? If you followed along with us thus far, you know that we just got through with our online summit, Nomad 2020. We had 12 of us speaking, uh, over 150 participants. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was just a, a very enjoyable weekend. Uh, so much good. Elaine and I were talking about how it was just like having church for the first time in so long because uh, we haven't. We mm-hmm. haven't had that encounter with God and that, that closeness with other people who, I mean, most of us have gone through deconstruction that were speaking, that were attending. We were in the middle of questioning things, all that. But it was so good just to be able to hear from other people because I feel like so often whenever we go through uh, changes in belief, uh, it's kind of assumed that like, oh, well, you like lose the spiritual side of you, but like, that's not true at all. And like, if anything, it grows deeper and stronger and just hearing so many different perspectives and all of that is just beyond beautiful to me. And it was very, um, opening, and I greatly enjoyed all of it. With that being said, we're exhausted. We still haven't really taken any time down from it. We have been moving pretty regularly since then. Um, but that's not a bad thing. So here we are. We're getting back on schedule. These last couple episodes have been shorter, have been a little more uh, just kind of, hey, this is what's going on in our life. And today we're actually going to be talking uh, about a topic and specifically that topic. And we're going to see where this goes. But uh, I want to just talk about unity. Uh, our talk was on unity. Unity Beyond Beliefs was our talk for Nomad 2020. And I want to touch a little bit on that, but especially just on playing the, I guess, like riding the fence or straddling the fence is, I guess, it's something Elaine and I kind of get accused of a lot. We typically uh, don't make very hard uh, draw the line decisions. We try to see different perspectives uh, on purpose. But that just means we end up having a lot of people really mad at us for on it. On both sides of the fence. Yes. <laughs> whether that be politics, religion, whatever. So we're going to dive into that a little bit and just some takeaways from Nomad um, now that we've kind of sat out of it, a little bit of our talk, a little bit of that and just some of all the craziness going on in the world. But I don't want this to be a talk about just the crazy. I want this to be a talk about what we can take away and how we can grow 
in this season of grow is such a church word. I wish thrive, I, flourish, flourish. I like that. How we can blossom. I don't know. <laughs> Bloom where you are planted. Oh, see, churches have used <laughs> all the words. Okay. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that too. The best analogy. Oh, uh, anyway. So, but you get what I'm saying. I just want to touch base on just how to um, really just focus where you are right now and try to see the good in people with all of this going on. Before we get into that, a couple of few, uh, or I guess a few quick things. Uh, if you haven't done so so far, we would love for you to be a part of Nomad. Uh, not Nomad 2020, it is over. I think we will be relaunching it. So if you missed Nomad 2020, keep your ears and eyes open to social media because I do believe we are going to be relaunching that. It will not be live this time, but it will be online and readily available for a second wave of people rolling on into that. It was a great time. So if you did miss it, I would highly encourage you to keep your ears and eyes open for when that comes around again. Just give us a little bit of time to get settled in because we still have to run it even if it's not live. So uh, a couple other things, Nomad, uh, I guess where I was originally going with that. If you're not a member of Nomads, a safe community for Christians to ask unsafe questions, we would love to have you. Uh, we've been having some good conversation over there and we're about to kick off a lot more good conversation. And that is just, it's a safe place. And we would love to hear what questions are on your mind, what you're thinking, how you're seeing God right now. And then I wanted to just kind of remind everyone of a couple projects. Elaine, of course, has her podcast, The Prodigal Daughter. So if you are a a woman and you need a little pick-me-up, maybe it's just getting your butt in gear or just knowing your value and purpose, uh, Elaine's podcast is going on in tandem. You can find that at theprodigaldaughter.com or if you just head over to the Reckless Pursuits website, therecklesspursuit.com. It's linked up in the top corner. And I know there's a lot of announcements, but we have had a lot uh, kind of on the DL just right decompressing. now. decompressing. Uh, yes, decompressing from a deconstruction conference. Anyway, so uh, another thing I want to just kind of shout out real quick with Nomad 2020, I actually took on a writing challenge. Uh, and when I say writing, I mean music writing. Like I produced 30 songs over the course of 30 days and made an album out of that uh, called 30 Thoughts Till Dawn. So if you are interested in that, I'm going to drop a link to where you can find that in the show notes below. But if you like instrumental music, it's a, if you like epic adventures and like the spiritual desert and analogies and all that, and you just enjoy instrumentals, I would highly encourage you to go and listen to that. I poured my guts into that uh, album. I spent hours upon hours a day, eight plus hours a day working on it for a month straight without a day off. And it was very exhausting, all in tandem with this conference. So... Uh, if you would like to check that out, I would love to have you uh, take a listen and let me know what you think. Also, just kind of a, a precursor here and hold my feet to the fire. Uh, the second round of itinerant episodes are going to be trickling in um, probably mid-July. I'm going to start working on those again. So if you enjoy itinerant, biblical history beyond the Bible, it's coming back up too. Okay, wow, that was a lot of announcements, but let's get into today's conversation about how to ride the fence safely, and honestly, it's more of how to see each perspective for what it is. To say the world is polarized right now would be an understatement. We have riots, we have unity marches, and racial division, and racial unity, and uh, issues with political stances, and all of this big mess, which we're not diving into that is not the specific topic, but the topic we are talking about definitely feeds into that. 
I feel like everyone is on edge right now. We had all of the stuff with COVID. There's just been a crazy amount of stuff going on, which is that's still going on, of course. I feel like that's all we've talked about for a year now or half a year. It's crazy. This is June. Can we just stop for a second? In the middle of June. We are in the middle of June, okay? June is what, the sixth month, right? Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Halfway We're halfway through, through 2020. Next weekend is uh, summer. And so when you think about that, that's insane. This year has been the longest freaking year and fastest freaking year of my life at the same time. I don't get it. It's like time is in a vortex and everything is constantly going and like now you have politics involved you have identities involved and everyone's trying to pigeonhole everyone into groups and if you're not a part of this group then you're against that group if you're part of that group then you're against me over here in this group and uh, it's just this this all of this polarization which shout out to austin fletcher he just had an episode that was really good uh, that we've got to finish up but we were listening to it in the car on one of our trips that we were on recently and he did a great job talking about some of this polarization issues. We need to get Austin back on the show. Mm-hmm. But I, I really think that this is a great time to give yourself a spiritual check because I I feel like, like I said, laying all of that stuff aside, spiritually right now, it's hard to be well. It is hard to be good and of a good mindset. It is hard to be... Um, positive because every time you get on social media right now it's like oh here's another long laundry list of things that are going on and you can tell that at this point we're just making like not okay don't get me wrong there's a lot that's real going on but like let's look at things like air quotes here murder hornets right all these weird little quirky things that have come up too to fill in the gaps between the big things we're looking for problems humans have a tendency now think about this for a second I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's going to end up somewhere. I I have faith. If you wake up and you start off your day and you step out of bed and you stub your toe on the edge of the dresser, the likelihood that the rest of your day is going to go like crap if you give too much attention to that small wrong detail is really big. We have a tendency to narrow our focus down when one negative occurrence happens to block out the good things around us because we begin seeing patterns. We're designed to see patterns. We see patterns in creation, the pattern of God, all of that. Well, that works the other way and against us as well. We see patterns of negativity, of wrong, of uh, hurt, of, of, oh, this is going to just be a really crappy day. I stubbed my toe. Oh, look, now I burned my toast. Oh, crap, the eggs are burned too. Uh, The water was too hot. I ran out of shampoo. I bit my tongue while I was brushing my teeth. I don't know if people do that. I, I I think I have before. Maybe I'm weird. We start to uh, manifest, if you will, the negativity because we become focused on it. And then it becomes this weird, dark humor. Oh, well, what else is going to go on? Come on, tell me you haven't seen that going around right now. What else is going to go wrong? 2020 just sucks. Look over here. Oh, great. Now we have this. And so we have these uh, identification markers. So when something good happens, we almost like are blind to it because we don't want to see that. Because we've already declared this is bad, we have shoved it aside, and it is no longer in our vision. Like, that is the category it is in. That's that. 2020, bad. No good can come out of 2020, period. We have just, we've put that line in the sand. We do the same thing with people. Those people are bad because they are uh, this color or that color. It's on both sides, right? Uh, These people are bad because they posted this or they agree with that. Let's be honest. 
most of us have the same heart desire. It is just that we do not have maybe the same methodology or thinking process on how to achieve it. That goes into something Elaine talked about in our Nomad conference, which I really hope, if you didn't get to hear it, I hope that you'll hit up on the second round. But that is on how being like-minded and like-hearted are not the same thing. Elaine, I've been talking a lot. I'm going to let you divulge into that a little bit. Yeah, so the basic principle is growing up, I've always heard of, oh, you need to surround yourself with like-minded people. Sometimes we even talk about it in church. If I go to church because I want to be surrounded with like-minded people. But something that God really showed me right before all of this COVID stuff, or, or I guess in the midst of it, I think we were hiking one day at the very beginning of this year. And it was the notion of what if what we've been taught about surrounding ourselves with people who are like-minded is wrong? What if there's something deeper to it? What if instead we are to surround ourselves with people who are like-hearted or like-spirited? Because everyone has a different mindset. Everyone has different tools and abilities and strengths and perspectives and beliefs. And it's all beautiful or it, it, it can be beautiful. And a lot of times whenever we only surround ourselves with people who are like-minded, you can easily get into the trap of echo chambers. And is it bad to surround yourself with with like-minded people? No, but it does become toxic when you are only surrounded with people who think and act and believe the same way you do. Because the thing is, diversity is beautiful and it makes up humanity. If everyone believed and looked the same way, acted the same way, talked the same way, only liked the same type of music and movies, this world would be very boring. But whenever you get to the focal point of I am operating out of love and you surround yourself with people who operating who operate out of love, that that's where the diversity becomes beautiful. And I think I went live on Facebook back in February or March talking about this idea I think it was in March because it was about COVID and it was the idea of like um, you had half the people online saying, oh, you need to use this time wisely. You need to be super productive. You need to have your head down and work through this time and write the books and write the scripts and all this stuff. You need to start your business, start your podcast and everything like this is the best time. If you don't take this time to be productive, you're wasting your time. Then you had other people who were saying, actually, the world is heavy right now, take some time for healing, take care of your mindset, take care of your health. And, and it's okay to pause and reflect and, and, um, you know, watch Netflix. And maybe you just came out of a super hectic, stressful, busy season after Christmas. And this is a perfect time to just kind of chill out and, and focus on you and focus on your family. And whenever you think about it, neither of those parties are wrong. Yes, this is or was or, you know, still is the best time to be productive, but also this is or was the best time to take care of your, take care of you. And whenever you're only surrounding yourself with people who are be productive, be productive, be productive, but that's not what you're needing, that's not healthy. It and and the flip side, if everyone is saying like you need to be taking this time, like slow down, but you really want to go do something and that doesn't serve you, that's not good either. And whenever you find yourself in these echo chambers, you can actually get lost in that. But essentially, both the people who are saying be productive and the people who are saying take time for you both have the same central heart focus. 
Yeah, and so that kind of leads to the whole idea of straddling the fence, right? Uh, I love the idea of being like-hearted over like-minded because I don't think I don't think that we can be a hundred percent like-minded, but we can definitely be connected through our heart center, right? And it's easy to see, oh, this group of people, like I was saying, we pigeonhole people into these groups. We pigeonhole things. We love to look for patterns. And right now we're on a negative pattern kick, right? And don't get me wrong. Like I said, I know there are real things in the world right now that need to be dealt with. There are real negative things in the world. Racism is a real thing. It needs to be dealt with. Uh, it has been something that is like, you know, it's been it's been around as long as humans have pretty much been around or way back when. Like, there is a real issue here. It is an old issue, and it is an issue that is still being overcome step by step. But to say that everyone is this or everyone is that is pigeonholing people to the point of they're entrapped in that. And if you give someone an identity, sooner or later, you're actually going to create that very identity. I'm not one to speak on racism toward African Americans. I've never been... Uh, an African-American, I have no idea what black people have been through. I have no idea, and it is not my place to sit here and try to say it. What I will say is that if we were to constantly focus on people being a racist, we create racists versus focusing on good. Do you need to focus on racism? Sure. We need to have a systematic place put in to focus on racism, to avoid systematic things that have been placed in. There are acts of racism. It is good to call out negative things, but also it's good to build up positive things. And there are many people right now probably being pigeonholed as racists that are merely regurgitating what they've been taught. And that goes to a lot of our conversation we were having in Nomad as well. We are trying to, or I guess how do I want to say this? We have biases. It is a bias based on what we've been taught. Whenever we were in church, heavily involved in structured Western Christianity, we believed these core certain things to be all there was to it. And there was no other way to look at it. It was, this is the law. Why was this the law? Some of these things weren't even in the Bible, the very books that we claimed that we were following so much, right? But why was it law? Because we've been told our whole lives it was the law. You know, I look at things like Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. It wasn't until the last, gosh, I mean, year or two that I even understood why Black Lives Matter was, you know, valid, I guess I should say. I'm not talking about the organization or anything like that. I'm not supporting an organization. I'm saying the movement itself of like, hey, Black lives have purpose. I had no idea what that meant. I was like, no, nah, man, all lives matter. What are you talking about? Like, I love everyone equally is the way I thought of it, in which I honestly and sincerely tried to do. That being said, it was only till recently, and a lot of what's going on has helped even more with that, but in the last year and a half, really, on the episode we re-aired with Brian Gregory helped enlighten me a lot to that. Like, there's been little things along the way where I've stopped and listened where I was like, hey, actually, I do understand why black lives matter, and I can support that terminology now because that is the area of focus that we need to put right now uh, among other areas too but I mean one step at a time right and so but the thing is someone who screams all lives matter I've seen the opposite of like the instant reaction is people get mad and hate them for it in reality all they're trying to do we all want to matter everyone wants to feel important they're Heart is in the right place. Okay, sure, there are some that aren't. I understand there are some that are not. But mostly, their heart is in the right place. It's their mindset that isn't on the same page. 
Well, and it also kind of reminds me of the Me Too movement where, yes, all lives matter, but not everyone has been been a victim of sexual abuse. And so you're focusing on the issue at hand. And aside from racism, aside from abuse, aside from sexism, classism, whatever, something that I've really been thinking about lately is that just as it's unhealthy to always focus on the negative, I feel like it could be equally damaging only focusing on the positive. Right. Because if you are only focusing on the positive, then you are negating anything negative that's happening, that you're not recognizing, oh, there's an issue. If you're acting like, oh, everything's nice and fine all the time, you know, like, well, actually it's not. There's obvious things that are wrong. And it's like, Cody and I, of course, are against racism. Like we said that a lot of times we kind of straddle the fence. Well, yeah, we do think that's wrong. You know, there's not an excuse for racism. But I feel like if you're all if you're only focusing on the positive, then you're not allowing yourself to say to see the issues at hand and actually fix them because you're like, oh, I'm just turning a blind eye to it. Also, if you're only focusing on, on the negative aspects, then you're not allowing yourself to grow. You're not allowing yourself to learn from. So if you're saying like in a positive aspect of, well, there's actually nothing going on, everything's fine. Or if you're looking at it from a negative aspect of everyone's a racist or everyone is this, they're both damaging because one, you're not you're not able to grow and mature and thrive or flourish or whatever. You're not able to have the conversations if you are polarized on either aspect, whether positive or negative. And so with that, I guess I should say, when I say straddling the fence, here's what I mean by that. I don't mean be indecisive. What I mean is in order to make any kind of change, you have to be able to see both sides of the fence. If there's a wall, no, not political. Let's not take this politically. If there is a wall, a dividing wall, a solid brick wall that is 15 foot tall, you cannot see the other side. You're only hearing rumors of what is going on over there. You're hearing echoes. You're hearing little bits from someone who saw something a long time ago. You're not getting the full picture and vice versa for the people on the other side. No one actually knows what's going on on either either side. You have to be able to climb up and sit on that wall to look at both sides, to hear both sides of what's going on, to hear the way both people communicate, to hear the differences of mind, but the same heart message. And that's how you begin to proceed forward. You know, it's the same thing with people who have been through deconstruction, reconstruction, evangelical or atheist. You know what I mean? Like there is a heart centered crying out that is equal amongst all of those. And most of the time is I want to feel accepted and I want to feel loved. Then you can take a plan of action. Okay, we need to go over here. We need to tend to that group of people. Then we need to go over here. We need to tend to this group. We need to get this group and this group together to sit down and and reconcile and find common ground to quit fighting over this piece. Like you can begin to formulate. And it's less about I'm going to straddle the fence because I'm not willing to make a decision. And it's more about I need to balance. It is a check and balance system. You literally are the scale and you're trying to keep everything centered neutral so you can understand each other if you want to understand god if you want to live like christ you have to be willing to hear the cry of his temples you have to be willing to hear his cry out 
uh, from each person. Sure, there are a lot of layers in the way that we have to try to look through, but when you can get down to the heart, you're getting down to the Christ in each individual person. Is it hard? Absolutely. It's so easy to pigeonhole people, to put people into their biased traps, to say they're this because they're that. They're this because their skin is this color. They're that because they grew up over here in this neighborhood. And they're this because they like that or listen to that kind of music or wear those kind of clothes. You know what I mean? It's easy to pigeonhole people into those groups, but that's just mindset choices uh, or some of them aren't choices. Some of them are literally just products of their environment, but it's all uh, it's all surface level. It's not who that person is at the heart level and the God in them crying out. Well, and I remember a couple months ago during a lot of the stuff that's going on, um, more so about the COVID-19 stuff, but it, it was just in the time that I'd posted it. But I made the status and it said something along the lines of, I love you if you are a Democrat. I love you if you're a Republican. I love you if you're a Christian. I love you if you're an atheist. And I was just going down the list. Just basic, you know, whatever. And somebody was saying, that they disagreed or that I was wrong for posting that or something. And I was and I was trying to get to the bottom of what they were saying because in my head, I'm, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm wrong for loving someone. And I remember this person was telling me, specifically towards conservative Republicans, they were saying that if you are in this... Identitory group. Yeah, if you are in this group, then I know all I need to know about you, which is wrong. You know, and, and I was just telling her, like, I disagree. Like, just because you belong to this title, just because of this, or just because you have an association, that doesn't make you wrong. That doesn't mean that you're incapable of love. That doesn't mean that you don't have value. And that's exactly what Austin was saying in his episode about collectivism and how whenever you are in a specific group or subgroup or whatever, people think that they know everything about you just because they know, oh, you're a Christian or, oh, because you're a male or female or, you know, whatever. Oh, you voted for this person or, oh, you're against this. That's the issue with titles. That's the issue with taking sides is one, you're not able to see the other side. You're not able to see that heart perspective, but also that's where I, I guess one where the echo chambers kind of come in of I'm right and it ends up being an us versus them of we've got this regardless of what religious affiliation or political affiliation whatever and I was just remember or I just remembered just her saying how wrong it was because she knew all that she needed to know about this specific group and I'm like I kind of refuse or not kind of I definitely refuse that idea because just because you're a democrat or republican that doesn't mean that you're a terrible person just because you're a christian or you're an atheist or whatever that doesn't mean you're a terrible person and it's it can be so easy when we allow those titles to become dividing lines where oh you're this then i can't talk to you well and it's like it's like saying every black person is a democrat that's not true Every white person is pro-gun. That's definitely not true. Uh, you look at every gay person is liberal. That's definitely not like none of these things are true. Like you cannot pigeonhole anyone based on a single identifier. And I want to go ahead and preface this too. Most of the time, when people, anyone, I've done it, you've done it, like you listening have done it, like we have all done this. We have all been racist, sexist, biased in some kind of way at some point in our life. We have. It's we look to conserve ourselves and we naturally want to put things in categories. That is just that's how 
the brain copes with certain things. And now we live in an age where we have more information and that survival instinct of, okay, this area is good. This area is safe. All this primitive instinct is now directed towards other things, right? And so I'm not trying to call us all out here. We are all at some point biased. That's just part of it. The goal is to get away from that because that is not Christ. That is not unity. We have to pull out of those biases and try to center ourselves back. And that being said, realizing that most people who are in a place of demanding everyone is this or all of you are that or all black people are bad or all white people are racist or any of that are most likely in a place of hurt. And so instead of going instantly to, well, let me tell you how you're wrong. No, realizing that there's a pain and there's a wound that needs to be tended to. That's what it means to be able to see both sides, because even though they are speaking from a place of hurt, that doesn't mean you need to go on the offense. That means it's just like, if you've ever, okay, weird analogy. I know you're biting to say something, I assume. Weird analogy. My dog got stung in the tongue about a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago now. He chewed on a honeybee. Honeybee stung him in the tongue. He was not having a good day. (laughs) I had to go try to get the stinger out of his tongue. And he was not having it. He was in pain. He didn't want me touching his tongue. It was in his mouth. He hated it. He was snipping at me. He was growling at me. He was gnawing at me. And he was scratching at me. And he hated it. Why? Because there was a wound. And it hurts. It hurts when someone goes and picks at it. But whenever that stinger is removed, oh, now things can start to heal. And he was starting to be able to understand, oh, wait, he had my best interest in mind. Now, Does that mean you need to be the person to go and heal everything? No, I'm just saying whenever you see someone else's perspective and normally aggressive reactions are because of um, uh, internal actions that are not internal actions, I guess, as much as like external actions that have been brought against that person to to cause a wound. Well, I also want to preface this by saying that just because you had a sexist or racist or a classist or whatever thought against somebody that does not make you a Correct. racist, a sexist, a class or whatever. And we all have those thoughts, whether that's because we grew up around stereotypes or we've it's been ingrained or indoctrinated of, of that we need to stay away from certain people. And I, I feel like... Or um, before you keep going, or just the fear of something different. A lot of times, I mean, that is an innate thing in us too is we fear what is different than us Mm -hmm. so that could be part of that too i feel like that's where the shame and guilt can be so detrimental because just because you had a negative thought that doesn't mean you are all automatically that and you shouldn't feel guilty you should take that as a learning curve of if somebody lovingly corrects you and say hey this this isn't right or that way of thinking why, why don't we flip it and start thinking this way or, or see, I can prove why this is, a, this is wrong or this is wrong sometimes or, or whatever. And we should never take on the, oh, I'm just, again, like the filthy, dirty rag mentality. If we had a negative thought and someone like, again, lovingly tries to correct us, we shouldn't automatically think, oh, we're a terrible person now or we're against everyone now or we are racist and we need to fix our horrible selves. That's not it at all. It's just a learning curve. You know, we all have something that we need to learn. There's all, we all have something that we need to unlearn. But all that being said, just remember, anytime we begin to make snap judgments 
based on a single distinguishing factor of a person. Even if you are the most far left leaning uh, person imaginable and then you have the most positive Trump supporter ever, there is still a common heart there. Now, sure, you can say there are people who are bad. There are, you know, they're across the board. Right. Like I would even go as far as already. There are no bad people. They're just people who are more broken than others. And whenever we can see that brokenness, now, are there times that we have to not engage with people? Yes, there are times we have, I mean, I I say that, I always try to give that disclaimer, like, you have to take care of your mental health, because maybe you're not in a place to be able to be neutral and receive that, you know, like, I had to put on a glove whenever I was trying to reach into my dog's mouth, because I didn't want him to bite me and puncture me and cause me pain. You have to take precautions. You have to be safe. Well, and I was going to say, like, you do have to put up boundaries and healthy boundaries, not just cut yourself off from anyone who thinks differently or whatever. But if you know that there is a hurting person or someone who has trauma that they haven't dealt with it or are still dealing with it, it's okay to love somebody from afar. It's okay to have those healthy boundaries. You can still try to understand someone. You can still try to love someone. You can still try to pray for someone or whatever it is. But sometimes it is okay to do that from afar, but not from a place of I'm better than, but in a place of for me to truly love you in the situation and for me to truly understand the situation at hand, sometimes you need to take a step back and let that time frame or or let everyone just kind of cool off for a few minutes. Yeah. So I guess here's my challenge to you in this. Whenever you start to get in one of those mindsets, where you're either trying to understand or maybe it's anger, maybe it's frustration when someone said, whatever it is, ask yourself, A, why would this person group this type of people in this way? What has happened? Look at a person, look at groups. Maybe you segregate a certain group and you say, this group of people is like this because of that. I've done it. I get it. I think we all have. I think we are all guilty of that at some point in life. Now, that's a broad scope statement. It's just an assumption on my part, but I really don't think there's any of us Uh, completely innocent in that. And I'm not saying Jesus sinned, but even Jesus was like, why should you not do? I get that he was challenging. Yeah, but he was even to the woman, you know, like, what are you fit to sit here at this table? And she's like, you know, he's like, aren't your people like dogs to us or whatever? Like everyone has stereotype groups or racist connotations or sexist or bias of some sort. But when you feel one of those come up in your spirit, as they begin to purge as that kind of uh, the crucible effect, right? As that uh, you you begin getting heated up internally over these issues. You become aware as these, uh, I guess, all the slag, as I guess you would call it in metalworking, all of the junk begins to rise up. Ask yourself, why do I view Collective Group X in this way? And equally, why would they view me in this opposite way? And then you can begin to get rid of some of those biases. And on top of that, ask yourself, How can I look at someone else and see the heart in their message the same way I know the heart in mine? And then we can start to see some unity. Then we can start to see, remember, people react out of emotion. We do it all the time. There's a wound and we react out of emotion. But I just, I want to give that reminder that we're all on the same team. Unity is the goal. There is such a thing as a heart unity. And that's what we need to be striving for. We would love to hear what you think about this. Please feel free to uh, go down there and ask to be a part of Nomad, a safe community, to ask unsafe questions. We're here for you. We love you guys. And as always, be brave. Be bold. And be reckless. We'll talk soon.